Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gina. And I'm Nicole. And today we are dishing about packed lunches and how to make the process just a bit easier and maybe a little bit more fun and less stressful, hopefully. But first, let's do some catching up. Nicole, what has been new with you? So quite a bit. Um, Last weekend, Mark went to Champaign with the girls. And uh, so his sister was from Seattle and it was his dad's retirement party Monday night. uh, And I was planning to go with until I realized that my championship hockey game was on Sunday evening. And as a captain, I had the pleasure of staying uh, or having to be there basically. Yeah. I mean, I could have handed off duties, but that wouldn't be very captain like of me uh, to collect jerseys and all that. And plus we made it to the championship. Was pre- That was pretty cool. So we, yeah, um, cool. my 48 hours, I, you know, they pulled away and I was immediately sad. The curse of motherhood where you can't wait to get away from them. And then the second they're gone, you're wondering what they're doing and you miss them and <laughs> all that craziness. But I went to the beach by myself and got really um, a head on book club. Normally I'm literally reading in the parking lot of the restaurant that we're meeting at to like plow through the last 50 pages. Um then, like, that's so you, I feel like. You're such a last minuter, but you always pull it off. Like that's, that's where the I, thing with- uh, That's where amazing. I thrive. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I mean, it's book club. I'm not going to, yeah, no, that's totally me. I know it drives you insane. It drives it, everyone no, in my life insane. It does not drive me insane. I wish I was more like you, Nicole. I wish I could be more like that. I truly As do. Gina I can't. stares at an empty <laughs> Google doc, like, hmm, do I have a podcast ho- co-host anymore? It's just one woman show. Um, oh, I know. No, and never. <laughs> it's it. So it was a great weekend. Um, I just really made the most of it. Just lots of me time. And I realized how quiet my house is and the fact that I have not had that in at least half a decade and I probably won't for the next decade and a half. So it was great. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it. And at our championship game, so we were playing a team that we were expected to lose against uh, in that they had twice as many wins as we did. So we were just happy to be there. Uh And it was an overtime win, which was super cool. And found out uh, right before the game that the captain of the team that we were playing had kind of petitioned some of the, uh, like the rink owner and the commissioner of the league to more or less not allow women in the league. What? I know. Wait, how many women are are in the league? Um, First of all, yeah, total jerk. Four, maybe? Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. It was not a real man right there. Not a real man. I'm like, dude, one of these people is also the rank owner's sister. Actually, two of them <laughs> are the rank owner's sisters. I'm like, really? Do you even know who you're talking to? Uh, oh my gosh. He clearly supports women's hockey. Anyway, so that was just the cherry on top that we got to beat this team that their yeah. captain didn't even want women in the league. Uh, so that was so fun. We had all the the game before us cheering for us, the game after us, because nobody likes this team. They're kind of like that. You know, they're those people. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> just super fun. Uh, nice. That's yeah, awesome. It was a great time. And then last night, which was Wednesday, we went to the fair to watch the Eli Young Band uh, in concert. And I know you don't know who they are, but if you're a fan of like mid-sized country music bands. They're pretty good. And so that was fun. And then a shameless plug, my 10th annual, can you believe it? 10th annual. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. Totally. Uh, blog Chili Contest is currently accepting uh, entries. So if any listeners have a chili recipe they love, doesn't have to be your own, uh, just mm-hmm. need a source if it's not your own, and send it to me, all the deets. I'll put it, they're already on my uh, blog preventionrd.com and I'll link uh, to the exact post in the show notes, but shoot us a recipe even to, to our podcast email. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I would love to accept your entry into my contest and you can win $200. That's the top yeah, prize. That's, that's the key right there. Yeah. So do you, do you make all of the entries? Do you actually print the recipe and make them? I don't print the recipe, but I read it off my computer and make it. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, I'm such a details. nerd. Do you print the recipe? <laughs> no. So you, yeah. How many? 
We How many them. do you get? That sounds expensive. And you know, time, I think I, timely. Well, I mean, I'm going to blog anyway. Chili is the world's most perfect food. Um, I think mm-hmm. I'm actually going to talk about this tonight in in kind of packed lunches. Uh, okay. But chili is one of those foods that can like be repurposed and it's really That's balanced. Um, I love the fiber content because I love beans in my chili and they're, usually they're chock full of vegetables. It's just like a perfect fall food. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just obsessed no, with chili. Agree. But yeah, I think I've been doing the chili contest for so long and I usually accept like seven to eight entries. After mm-hmm. nine years, that's just a lot of chili. Like I I feel like my my group of like known people is just like, all right, girl, like we already gave you our recipe. So um <laughs> I'm just running out of I, I need to expand my circle. So I'm gonna include uh dietitian dish listeners, hopefully. Okay. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I, I think that's a great we'll idea. See. So what's going on with you guys? Oh my gosh, so much as well. So, you know, I work for a, a university, so we're about to start school. So things are just really um, getting into high gear starting, well, starting now. So for the next, I would say two weeks, I will be out of commission and Nick will be a stay-at-home, uh, not a stay-at-home, a single dad pretty much. So that's fine. I'm just, I'm ready for it. I'm I'm ready to get the start of the school year started and over with. I think it's it's a lot of fun. It's just it's just exhausting. And I feel like every year it gets more exhausting because I get older. <laughs> and you know, you know how it is when you get older. I mean, I can't even imagine. I'm 36 years old. I can't imagine doing this 10 years from now. I will be most likely, but oh my goodness. So I guess I should probably just take advantage of my of You sound my, like an old youth. lady. Well, it's true. It's cr- I remember being a waitress and working doubles and I look back and I'm like, how in the world did I do that? And it wasn't even that long ago, but yeah, my legs get tired. But you Jeez. actually move. I, you know, after our wearables, I haven't done anything yeah. today. I don't even have 4,000 steps. I had 23,000 steps today, Nicole. Holy crap. <laughs> I know. And that's only the beginning. Okay. So I wanted to point out too, <laughs> that I was an idiot for two times in a row when I mentioned we went to Cedar Point, the amusement park in Ohio. Okay. So Cedar Point, this is for Casey. <laughs> She's my student. Okay, so I listened to our last podcast and I corrected myself. And I said to all of our listeners who thought I was an idiot before when I said Cedar Point is east of Cleveland, or I'm sorry, when I said it was west, I said it's actually east. But in reality, (laughs) Cedar Point is west of Cleveland. So I just needed to point that out. Casey, I swear I understand west versus east, but I don't really. I think sometimes in my mind, I think of east as being west. Anyway, if you look at a map of Ohio, you will see Cedar Point is clearly on the western side, west of Cleveland. So for those of you who don't know and they want to go to Cedar Point, don't listen to me. Just get a map, Google it, and you'll you'll find your way there. So it's closer to California than it is to New York. (laughs) You got it. You got it. I'm picturing it. I got it That's a good way to describe it. (laughs) Much closer. Well, I don't know that it's actually closer to California, but (laughs) it's probably actually much closer to New York. But yes, you got you get the idea. Oh yeah, that's duh. Okay, the direction. <laughs> oh my, God. never mind. Don't listen to me. I'm like a right left saying. girl. Can we go right or can we go left? I mean, exactly. Me too. Do not give me directions like northeast. What? No, no, no. Left or right? I'm with you. So it's left of it's left of Cleveland. Okay. <laughs> If you're looking at a map with the north that is pointed (laughs) up. Exactly. Uh, Details. So Paige was really into the roller coasters this year, which I am very thankful for because I love roller coasters, which, by the way, is one of those other, I would say, parts of growing old or getting older. I'm not, I know I'm not old, but I used to be able to ride roller coasters all all day. I went into Cedar Point. I rode the Millennium and I thought I was going to die. I was so nervous. It, it's the it's the tallest roller coaster I believe in the world, or at least in the United States. But I was terrified, and I got off, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that hurt!" But I mean, it was so much fun. But Paige is going to be a roller coaster rider. She wants to be just like me when it comes to roller coasters. So she rode a couple of the little kid ones that she's tall enough for, which I was shocked about. I mean, they went fast and up and down hills, so that was exciting. She's turning five on Saturday, and this week she started her first day of kindergarten round one. So she's since she's an August birthday, she's going to be doing kindergarten twice. So she started it this week, and then so she'll go th- the whole year, obviously, and then she'll do it again next year at our public school system, which is only a half-day kindergarten. So we'll have to send her to 
some type of a daycare or after after school care after that. So I don't get my my daycare raise for another two years, unfortunately. <laughs> Ugh, I can't so believe annoying. she's going to be five. That just seems I know old. I know, I know. I yeah, it's it's crazy. Half a decade. Um, okay, so two more things. So one, I thought of another pumping blooper, and this was really funny, and I cannot believe I did not remember this for our last episode. So there was this one time, this is real quick. We went to an Ohio State game and it was like an all-day tailgate. And I was and I had just had Paige. So the whole pumping thing was pretty new to me. So I brought my, you know, my pump bag and everything. And I realized, okay, it was time to pump. So it's like 90 degrees outside. And, you know, I was nowhere near Paige, obviously. So I had to pump. Plus I was pumping full time with her anyway. So it didn't really matter. Anyway, I had to like lock myself into someone's car like a black leather interior car. It was so hot. But I turned the car on and pumped the AC. I realized I forgot to bring the flange, which is like the um, suction that goes on your breast. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I don't have this piece that I need to pump, but I'm like so desperate to pump. So I put I put the pump, you know, like the, cylind- the um, cylinder that you put the flange on? That yeah. connects to the pump. Yeah. So I put just the cylinders <laughs> up there. <laughs> so you're missing like the funnel part that like cups your yeah, boob. I was yes. I was like, oh, did well, that this, hurt? This oh, yes, it did. I screamed. It was the worst pain. Don't ever do this, friends. Okay. If you have forgotten that piece, just get in your car and go home and get it. Unless you're <laughs> far away, maybe Amazon it and they'll send it to you in an hour. I don't know, but. Oh my gosh, I probably would have been better off like going and finding a random baby and having them <laughs> nurse me or me nurse them because it was the worst pain. Yes. So yeah, I just horrible. It was it was terrible. And what a dumb thing to do. I was probably like three beers deep at that point. Oh my Obviously, I was not going to be using that milk, so it didn't really matter, but I needed to get it out. And don't ask me how I ended up getting out. I'm not really sure how I ended up re- relieving myself. I, I must have just like gone home or something. I'm not sure. But yeah, that oh did not gosh. work. So <laughs> yeah. That is okay. horrible. Oh, it was it was terrible. Nick was like, what's wrong? Oh, yeah. Because he was in the car with me too. I, I forced him to come with me. I'm like, I will not go in this car alone. So I forced him to come with me. He was not happy about that. <laughs> okay. So lastly, this is not an update, but just real quick. Uh, I wanted to let our listeners know that in a couple episodes, we're going to be having a certified sleep consultant come on. I actually met her at a mini uh, postpartum wellness retreat where I spoke a couple weeks ago. She did a whole spiel on infant sleep and really the importance of, of getting good sleep as an adult as well. And she was just really entertaining, had a lot of really good tips. So if you have any questions about sleep for you as an adult or how to get good sleep when you have an infant or how to kind of get your infant to sleep better uh, now and as they age, please email us at dietitiansdishpodcast at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram or Facebook because I'm definitely going to open it up for questions as much as possible. I've got some of my own that I like to throw out there too that I think a lot of people will have. But if you have any specific questions, please let us know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Can I throw out a plug for our Patreon before we j- jump in today? Yeah, do it. All right. So uh, as as you may know, we've been podcasting for over six months, actually over seven months. Uh, mm-hmm. And we've got 24 mm-hmm. published episodes, which is awesome. And our our total each month and ongoing costs in, with editing and equipment and subscriptions to things that we need, uh, unbeknownst to us before starting all of this, is roughly $200 a month. So we hate to say it, but we're thousands in the hole and we want to mitigate our costs so that we can continue. So we know engagement is really high among our listeners. We see you listening and we love that. Uh, We know you're out there and there's more of you every month. And so if you're enjoying the content, please uh, consider checking out our Patreon page. We are, you can find it at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash dietitians dish. And any small monthly donation, even a dollar would mean the world to us. Um, We already have some, some sponsorships. So that's awesome. We really appreciate it. And every little bit counts. And thank you for your support. Yes. Thank you so very much. Oh, and probably most importantly. If we can get to $200, those who have helped contributed to getting us there, we're going to do two bonus episodes this fall. 
And they yes. will only be available to those who are our Patreons. So yeah, at consider. the rate that we're going, it's going to take us a while to get there, but I know we can do it for sure. <laughs> I feel the floodgates opening soon. I do too. I do. <laughs> okay. All right. So on to our topic. It's one of those topics. I mean, it's back to school. I don't know if you've been looking on Instagram and Facebook, but I feel like everyone is discussing this topic as mm -hmm. they should, but how to pack a not only healthier and more balanced lunch, but also just how to make the process of packing lunches a little bit less stressful. I know for me, I pack pages lunch currently, so I just have one to pack. And even just having one can sometimes lead to some stress. Uh, soon, I would say most likely in January, Cameron goes to preschool. We don't know that for a fact yet, so... but. Sometime in the next year, I'll be packing two, and we'll be doing that for, for some time. So I'm really still trying to get the hang of just packing one, and hopefully I'll be ready when two comes along. But I think I've got some really good tips that should help uh, our listeners. So, okay. So first of all, I want to say, I really truly believe that having a lunch to pack for your kids is kind of a blessing because it is really, for me, I have found a great opportunity to introduce new foods to your kids. I don't know about you, Nicole, or our listeners, but I've noticed that my kids seem to eat more when they're around other kids and when I'm not around. And I know this because our babysitter, who we had for Paige for two years and for Cameron for going on two years, always says that they eat really, really well for lunch. And it might just be because they like, you know, mid, they like to eat midday and they're just lunch. They like to eat bigger lunches. That's just how some people are. And that's probably the better thing to do anyway than bigger dinners. But I, I truly believe it's because they see their friends uh, and their, you know, their classmates eating their lunch. So they know it's time to eat lunch and they can't really goof around because they've got, you know, teachers or sitters who are watching over them and don't let them get up. But when it comes to parents, they don't listen quite as well. So I truly use that as an opportunity to to introduce new foods and um, and really try to add some nutrition in there as well, which I do at dinner too. But I, I feel like they're going to be more likely to eat it when I put it in their lunch. So we're going to dive into, do, do you notice that at all? I guess you that. Have you, do you agree with that, that your kids tend to eat more when you're not around? Even if you, even if I leave the dinner table sometimes or the mm -hmm. table when they're eating at our house, I feel like they tend to eat more because I'm not around. Me specifically. Have you ever noticed that? Uh I don't know. I I okay. don't get as much feedback probably on what and how much the kids are eating at school mm -hmm. uh, just because that's not something that they monitor as closely past like the infancy stage. Um, right. You know, infants, it's a lot. It's I, I don't want to say more important, but it's, it's just much more closely monitored when bottles and yes. stuff are involved. Uh, so I don't know, but I think that the key may be, and this is maybe jumping ahead, but is finding out what other people around the kids are eating so that you could offer your children something similar, particularly mm -hmm. if it's healthy, uh, mm -hmm. in hopes that your child sees other children eating that and is more willing to try it. So I think that yeah. their variety uh, is better more or can be better more so than maybe the volume. But my mm -hmm. kids also eat I would agree. when compared to yours, like a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My kids are just like little squirrels. Does, does your and I know we're totally going off topic here, but real quick, does your school do they dump the rest of their food or do they, do they send it back to you in just how it was packed, but whatever's left over is remains in the bag? Usually, they'll send home whatever remains. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. I I actually appreciate that a lot, knowing <laughs> so I can actually visualize how much they actually ate. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to um, just jump, in, jump into just some discussion points real quick. So I first want to talk about our favorite lunch boxes or food containers, but I also first want to ask, because I'm just really curious, what did you use when you were growing up? What was your packed lunch? What did it look like? What was it um, packed in? And what did you typically, not only what was your lunch box, but what was it packed in inside? So I'll give you an example. So here's what I remember. I, when I was growing, like really, really young, my mom used to pack my lunch in a pa in a paper bag, mm -hmm. which is so funny because I feel like no one uses paper bags anymore. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and within those paper bags, there were usually little baggies, and then you know maybe mm -hmm. a, a 
a container of milk or juice or I don't know, an applesauce cup or whatever it was. I don't really remember, but no boxes or plastic containers, nothing like that. And then when I got into elementary school, I had one of those like big chunky uh, with big lids lunchbox on like a giant thermos. And I want to say it was Care Bears or it might've been Mickey Mouse, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but I feel like they don't even make those anymore. Perhaps I'm wrong. Um, so what did, and, and I think within those still, my mom packed like little baggies and there there was no like bento box or anything like that. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, I was like a brown paper sack girl with little baggies. <laughs> yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, worth, it was pretty typical. Like usually either a fruit or a vegetable, like grapes or carrots, usually something that didn't, require a whole lot of refrigeration. Like cucumbers mm-hmm. would be pretty yucky after sitting out at room temperature mm-hmm. for four hours. Um, but carrots would probably do all right. Mm-hmm. So just something along those lines. And then usually like some type of a chip or pretzel in a small baggie and then a sandwich of some kind in a baggie mm-hmm. or like simple saran wrap. My mom was a big saran wrap fan. So probably Wish. saran wrap. Saran wrap. That's really funny. Okay. So what do you use for your kids now? So I'm just going to I put a link in our show notes. These are, I have these really, really simple bento boxes that I buy. I don't even know if they're called bento boxes, but it's that's kind of the idea. I believe the package comes with three or four, but they've got different colored lids. I think it's like red and green and yellow, but it's a bento box. One, uh, one side has a bigger container. It's a bigger space where you can almost put like an entree, either a sandwich or, I don't know, pasta, whatever you want to do. And then there's two little two other little containers that are connected to it. And then one giant lid that goes over it. I love these things. And here's mm-hmm. why, because I like to pack lunches ahead of time. So I tend to pack three lunches at a time and then stack them in our refrigerator for the week. And I feel like these bento boxes make that really easy. And there's plenty of space. They fit into the majority of lunch boxes. Uh, so I really love them. When it comes to lunch boxes, though, I'm not very picky. I really just have Paige pick out whatever lunchbox she wants, and I mean, as, within reason, obviously, and go from there. But it's really, for me personally, it's about the box that goes into the lunchbox or the lunch bag. That's the most important thing. And these bento boxes that I found on Amazon probably three years ago have been my my favorite thing ever. I also have a thermos that I put on our links in the show notes that I really like. Sometimes I'll pay, pack Paige. I don't know, a leftover mac and cheese or pasta and meatballs or soup. Now, granted, they are allowed to microwave their food currently in kindergarten Mm -hmm. and in preschool. But I know when they go to elementary school, that is not going to be a possibility. So this this thermos is really helpful because it'll keep, you know, food relatively warm, at least until they eat. They eat pretty early, I feel like, between 11 and 1. So it usually stays warm. What I like about these, Gina, is – and it is – they're called bento lunchbox – reusable three compartment storage container boxes for kids. Yes. Uh, But seven of them are only $16. Yeah. They're really, really, I don't want to say cheap, uh, but they're well-priced for sure. And they're not, they're not cheap. I don't, they're not very expensive, but they're not cheaply made. Um, They hold up pretty well in the dishwasher. Oh yes. And I've had this set for probably two years. I think I'm going to buy these actually. I hadn't gotten to your link before now because I think by when bento boxes first came out, it was almost boxes within the boxes in that each separate yes. box had its own lid. And I was like, whoa, whoa, yeah. who's doing your dishes? Because this <laughs> this is not going to work for me. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of where the I think the bento name turned me off a little bit. Um, they were they too just fancy. Seemed, yeah, it was like unnecessary. But okay, so one question on these. If you put something mm-hmm. with some type of moisture and it, you know, exists in a backpack and get flip, flip, flips around or whatever, would mm-hmm. some of that kind of get on the other stuff? No, no. Cause I put yogurt in there and I Ooh. put, yeah. And I've put applesauce in, in the container itself. And yes, now granted we don't do a lot of, I mean, she's not grabbing her lunchbox and, you know, flinging it everywhere, right. but we certainly don't like walk in with it, you know, flat in our <laughs> hands to make sure it's not spilling. So yeah, it stays, the suction kind of goes around those little um, spaces, little storage areas, and it nothing gets through. Yeah. Cool. All right. We love Sold. them. Yep. Yeah, because I saw you said a half cup Rubbermaid container. So mm-hmm. you basically have your bento boxes in little separate containers. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the ones that I originally purchased are, I could not find them available anymore. I'm, I'm But I'm pretty loyal to Rubbermaid. I think they're just, uh, 
you know, pretty well made. And again, like the no leaking thing, but I really like the half cup size. Just, I don't know, there's something really approachable about like for kids, I think having a little something that they can, it, it just is a little bit less intimidating probably. Mm-hmm. Cause otherwise my normal size stuff is, is just too much portion for a two-year-old or four-year-old. Sure. Um, yeah. But I would get something like that for sure. Like those bento boxes that you, that we're going to link to that you like. For You're sure. going to love them. I, I'm telling you. So just, you know, on that same topic, there are two people that I just want to kind of shout out here. And I'll put, again, links in the show notes. Sally Kuzumchek, who's a Columbus local, has a great blog called Real Mom Nutrition. And she just posted a couple really great blog posts about packed lunches that I highly recommend. Also, another podcast with two, I believe they're chefs. They talk a lot about food because the name of their podcast is Didn't I Just Feed You? And they just posted a podcast all about pack lunches too. So if you don't get enough information from this episode, I encourage you to go listen to theirs as well. It's just called Back to School Lunches Updates, which I'll link to in the show notes. Okay. So moving on. In your opinion, Nicole, what makes a balanced packed lunch for your kids? Yeah. I I feel like I stole your answer, but Okay. Based, <laughs> this, this, it was a good answer. It's a great answer. It's a very dietitian-y yet realistic answer mm-hmm. uh, in that I am on par with you. Three food groups with at least one of those being a fruit or a vegetable. I think it's mm-hmm. pretty doable to get four food groups in, um, but three is three is kind of where I, I try to land. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so in addition to that, like as far as balanced, I think for a while I was maybe doing, I, I hate to say like too many whole foods, but I think my kids were not consuming their lunch so that they could over consume on the snack that would be offered at daycare. For example, I'm not oh. going to, they were not eating their um, snap peas and carrot, baby carrots, because they knew that at 3 p.m. goldfish and grapes were going to be offered. <laughs> and uh, the school, and this is a hot topic for me, does not do a great job of actually limiting children in any way. And then it would like to the point where it would spoil their dinner. So I'm like, okay, what if I put uh, something crunchy uh, a processed food, if you will, in their lunch and have that be one of their three things? Are they less likely to then kind of overdo it when snack is offered later? And for us, that has been successful. So I would say three food yeah. groups. And part of that balance is I try and include maybe not every day, but most days, something that I know my kids love. So that's usually something mm-hmm. crunchy because who doesn't love something crunchy and kind of mm-hmm. carby? So whole grain crackers, maybe goldfish, like lentil chips, popcorn, something along those lines. And then, you know, popcorn, I can air pop it at home and my kids like that. Or yeah, I love mm-hmm. like lentil chips, just things like that where um, it, it's it's to them, it is would be the same as crunchy Cheetos, like, you know, and yeah. they're, they're pretty happy with that. So I, I consider that somewhat of a win. And I do think that it has reduced the amount of... Um, kind of just like overindulgence in the other stuff. Cause our daycare is kind of set up that we provide the the lunch meal and they provide the snacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for us, that's, that's just probably been good. Yeah. That's how it, how it works at, at our preschool. As okay. Well. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm totally with you. I would say, so three food groups is, is always my goal, which the, in the three compartment bentos makes it very, mm-hmm. very easy to do that. Uh, with at least my goal is one being a fruit or vegetable. So I just quickly want to go over the national school lunch program guidelines. So the guidelines are absolutely ridiculous as in there's a lot of them, but I have kind of the cliff note version. Um, so quickly the federal, uh, or I'm sorry, the national school lunch program is a federally assisted meal program. And actually in 2016, there were 30.4 million children who were on this program. Most public schools use the national school lunch program guidelines and they get reimbursed for their food. So grades, kindergarten through fifth grade, here are the requirements. They must offer a half a cup of fruit, a half a cup, or I'm sorry, three-fourths cup of vegetables. One ounce of grain, one ounce of, which I didn't think was a lot, of meat or meat alternative, and then one cup of fluid milk. And then there's also more specific guidelines as far as how much needs to be whole grain. So half of the whole grains offered per week need to be whole grain. I kind of wish that was 100%, but that's probably not very realistic. And then they also go into detail about what types of vegetables need to be offered, specifically dark green, 
red and orange, beans and peas, starchy and other. So they also have guidelines as far as calories. So anywhere between 550 and 650 calories per meal has to be less than 10% saturated fat and less than 640 milligrams of sodium. That's the clincher right there. Working in dining, working around food, the sodium is really that that regulation right there is the most difficult thing to achieve. It, mm-hmm. It's really what affects your entire menu. Six hundred and forty milligrams not is a lot. not a lot. I mean, you can get that in a cup of soup. So of course, soup is always very high in sodium. So that wasn't a bit the best example, but you can get that into like you know one serving of deli of meat bread. or one serving yes of some deli meats. Absolutely, probably more than that. But yeah, mm-hmm. four slices of bread or a couple cups of cereal. So it's not a lot. So yeah, I aim for at least three food groups, one being a fruit or vegetable. But I do want to also hit a little bit about serving size. So because I know I, I, I've gone into Paige's preschool at times and seen what the other kids have. And I think to myself, oh my gosh, this happened to me once. I'm not packing her enough food. And then, you know, as I as I really start to think about it, I'm like, okay, you know what? She is petite. She doesn't eat that much for lunch. She's getting plenty of food. Plus, I would say the majority of the time, her lunch comes back with something left in it. So it's really easy to get to play the comparison game and compare your lunch or what you're packing for your kids to what other parents are packing. But try not to do that specifically with regards to serving size. So... You know, I find that Paige, like I said, is a light eater for lunch, so I don't pack much for her. Cameron, however, will probably be different. I find that he eats most of his calories at lunch. So for him, I'll probably pack a little bit bigger lunches. So it really depends on your child. Just try not to get caught up in the comparison game. I also consider, like you said, that pre, especially preschool, they offer snacks throughout the day. So you don't need to overpack their lunch because they're going to be getting other opportunities to eat. Might not always be the most healthy food or your favorite choice, but they're not going to starve, so they'll be fine. I I don't know if the National School Lunch Program specifies, but how I think of snacks in the um, child, I mean, in in the, I don't know, in childhood nutrition is that one third, or you should break it into quarters, basically. So so 25% of um, their energy or calories would come at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then the Mm -hmm. other 25% kind of spread amongst uh, snacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, Agreed. that could be a pretty substantial, I mean, if one snack tends to be bigger, I mean, especially if you have a fruit or vegetable at snacks, that leaves quite a few calories probably for um, either something crunchy or something like nuts. Um, it, yeah. I mean, it it is some calories to work with, I would say. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Speaking of nuts, I realized today that Paige's preschool class that she was in last year, this year is peanut free. So how they do it, which I don't totally agree with. Every year, if there's someone who has a peanut allergy, they make it nut-free. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that that's not the best way to do it. I think that if you're going to be nut-free, you should just be nut-free and that's it. Because um, now the teachers have to learn mm-hmm. a whole new system and it's just, I think that that's a little bit broken. But anyway, I have to say I was a little, I was like, oh, I'm kind of glad she's not in that class because I literally pack her a peanut butter and jelly sandwich 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. I would figure out something else. And I totally understand doing that. If my daughter or son had a peanut allergy, I would I would definitely want the same thing for her classroom, especially in preschool. Mm-hmm. You know, as they get older, sure. I don't I don't I, they're more self-sufficient and they'll be able to handle it themselves. But in preschool, they don't exactly understand it 100% and it's it's a little bit more dangerous. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I saw that sign on the door today. I was like, "Oh boy." Okay. Uh, one question for you, Gina. I don't know if you mm-hmm. hear this a lot, but I tend to hear this quite a bit that mm-hmm. uh, my kids don't eat anything at meals. And so they kind of end up like later on, later on they're hungry. And so they'll get a bar or, you know, they'll get kind of mm-hmm. something snack-like. Do mm-hmm. you feel as though, I mean, how, how do you approach breaking that cycle? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a really good question, Nicole. And I don't even know if I can answer that because I'm having that exact same issue with Cameron. So he comes, he doesn't eat much for dinner. He is base. he basically eats maybe a fourth of a cup of food for dinner every single night. And then, you know, Paige gets her after, after dinner snack, we call it every single night because she is a very good dinner eater. 
and we just have after dinner snacks. That's just part of our routine. Mm -hmm. And then Cameron feels like he's entitled to one too. And I don't want to be that parent that says, you know, no, you didn't eat your dinner. You can't have this. But it's turning into a vicious cycle of him Mm -hmm. thinking that his dinner, he doesn't need to eat his dinner and all he, he still gets a, you know, a bar or a handful of Cheerios. So what I, what I have done is I give Paige kind of a, whatever she wants as her little snack. And then if Cameron didn't eat his dinner, like today, he didn't eat like anything for dinner. I still allowed him to have an after dinner snack, but it was something that it was a little bit more nutritious. It was a handful of um, Cheerios basically. Mm -hmm. And he was perfectly fine with that. So I think, I really think it depends on the situation, but nip it in the bud sooner than later, because the more and the longer you, you continue with that, the more difficult it's going to be to break Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. I don't, I struggle with this too. Cause I, and I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, like pushing back dinner time, um, you know, offering something at lunch that's desirable so that, you know, I don't want to call it binging, but over, over consuming like what they want during snack time in the afternoon is kind of curbed all of that. But I don't, I think sometimes parents are like, oh, I can't have a hungry kid. Cause then X, Y, Z, Q, R, I mean, I'm not a pleasant person when I'm hungry either, but I think mm-hmm. that what we know about nutrition and intuitive eating and all that is that feeling those signs of like mild hunger and mm-hmm. allows us to more, um, fully feel the effects of being satisfied. And knowing when to, when to stop and all that. So I think as, as caregivers, we have to get comfortable a little bit with like, okay, my child may be a little bit hungry and that's probably okay. Kind of a thing. Uh, cause you, if you want your, it's like all of us, I mean, food tastes better and we're more likely to eat more sound when we go into a meal for like physiologically needing nutrition, right? Like, I mean, if these kids sit down to dinner and they're not remotely hungry because they've had unlimited access or, you know, too much available to them between meals, that's not going to set them up for eating balanced meals, whether, you know, it doesn't, and we're, I know we're talking about lunches today, but that's absolutely true. So making sure that a sound yeah. breakfast is offered, you know, a snack mid morning, but I, I think snacks is a good place to really be the gatekeepers for what's offered and let the child mm-hmm. be the determinant of how much is is consumed. So that kind of yeah. goes back to, you know, snacks, I think should be two food groups, um, ideally. Oh, yeah. 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 And you're right. I mean, I think that I I fall in the trap sometimes. Cameron will say, I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, you can't be that hungry. You would have eaten your dinner. If you're really, (laughs) truly hungry, you'll eat what's in front of you, especially as a young kid. So, and, and, you know, last night, uh, Paige, I asked her if she wanted a snack. She said no, all the way up until... I was getting ready to basically like tuck her in and say goodnight. And then she brought out the, I'm hungry, mommy. I want a snack. And I quickly, my first gut reaction was, oh my gosh, she's hungry. I need to get her a snack. And then I'm like, wait a second. No, no, no. She said she wasn't hungry. She didn't want an after dinner snack last night. She's using this to to stall Stall. bedtime. So (laughs) yeah, she's going to survive. Good night, Paige. Yeah. (laughs) See you in 10 hours, honey. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Okay, so what about favorite simple vendor products to pack? Like products that you don't don't necessarily prepare yourself, but that you buy at the store. Things that make Uh, life all right. Yeah. Uh yeah. Things that you have stocked in your kitchen at all times just to throw in your lunchboxes, basically. Yeah. Uh, string cheese. Uh, and so Aldi actually has a pack that is half Colby sticks and half uh, like mozzarella sticks. And oh, for yeah, my those. children who cannot agree on which they prefer or like to change it up, those are super nice. Uh, I really love the Chobani hint of yogurts. Uh, we've talked about that. Aldi's has that, is it Skyer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. or something like, yeah. Icelandic it's, yogurt. Yeah. I'm, I'm pronouncing it wrong, right? I think it's Skyer, S-K-Y-R. Um, Okay. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but I think you know how, how I like it. to butcher things like heifer and all that. So, cheaper. <laughs> uh, Sun made raisins, or Aldi has their, um, I don't know what brand it is from Aldi, now that I say that, but uh, they're always on sale for like 99 cents for six little boxes. Cannot beat it. Oh, um, Aldi also has really good pickle slices, they're like half sour. Is and my kids love them, but also good old oh. Clawson pickles, uh, Applegate Farms turkey or chicken, like the lunch meat, is mm-hmm. tends to be a little bit lower in sodium and nitrate free, so I like that. Uh, oh, brown, nice. yeah, brown berry sandwich thins. So that's one thing with sandwiches. I think I've found is that bread can be a little filling. It's it just, I would say more volume than like a sandwich thin. So in order to just kind of cut down on the 
just to make sure that they're able to get in peanut butter and a cheese stick maybe and of some fruit. I just kind of reduce the amount of bread by choosing a sandwich then. And they love them. They're like oh, really like nice size for the little hands. Um, I really like it was beca- and it was because of this podcast that I looked specifically at the different Smucker's uh, jelly versus jams versus all of that. But Smucker's natural, the first ingredient is strawberries. So that's one thing is especially. I mean, kids love PB and J or sun butter and jelly. Look on your jelly or jam or preserve ingredients and please let the first ingredient not be sugar, ideally. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or yes. um, yeah, it, w- it was. Um, on the jam, was it jam? Um, Probably. The first ingredient was strawberry juice um, rather than like strawberries. And then the next ingredient was high fructose corn syrup and then corn syrup. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we could do better than that, right? Um, so spend a little bit of time in kind of the jelly preserves area of the store and try and find something where at least the first ingredient is strawberries. And you can just kind of look at the, the sugar content from there to see if you can find something that's a little bit higher in fruit and a little bit lower in sugar. Um, yeah. And then I'll include a link. So my school is a hard no on all nuts and mm-hmm. hate that just like we were talking about, but understand why it's done. And so the Sun Butter brand, uh, I get it I off Amazon. It. Yeah. It, it spreads. It's not like thick and gunky. It doesn't separate. It doesn't have mm-hmm. trans fat because um, people don't realize like that's why natural peanut butter sometimes separate is because, and I know you you know this, I'm talking to you like you don't know this, but um, they hydrogenate it some so that it's a smooth, creamy consistency. So you want right. to find nut butters or seed butters that are not hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated to um, create that smooth texture. So mm-hmm. I really love the Sun Butter uh, brand of sunflower butter. And I, yeah. uh, I included a link. It's the same consistency of pe- as peanut butter, mm-hmm. almost to a fault for those who actually had peanut allergies, which <laughs> I learned when I tried to give it to someone with a peanut allergy. He <laughs> yeah. kind of fr- gave himself like a psychosomatic reaction. So here's some of mine. So Stonyfield yogurt tubes are a big hit in, my, in our household. I also love the Chobani flips, which is almost like a dessert, but at least Paige will get her dairy in mm-hmm. that way because she doesn't love milk. Apple those sauce are so cups. good too. And they're, they're, so they're like a treat. I love those. They are a treat. I, she likes the the cookies and cream ones. So <laughs> at least I think wouldn't? she- I know, exactly. <laughs> so like I said, it's kind of like a dessert, but it's a dessert with benefits, I like to say. Uh, the Dole or Del Monte fruit cups, I usually get the ones that are just in juice rather than syrup. String cheese, just like you said. Also, this is really random, but there's this company called Cat Cookies, and I put the link in our show notes. If Again, I, I would call it a dessert with benefits. And I wrote out – hold on one second. Gosh, I have it in my notes here. The nutrition information. So they're vegan and gluten-free, so for those – students or I guess uh, kids with allergies or who have uh, celiac disease uh, that would benefit them. They've only got 12 to 15 grams of sugar, which for a cookie, and it's a pretty good size cookie, is not terrible. They've got some fiber, some protein, and all very normal ingredients, like ingredients that you would expect to find in a cookie. So I'm a huge fan of those. Also, this is so random, but I love fruit by the foot. I honestly, the thing is huge. I doubt that she ever even eats the whole thing. And there's, and it's only 10 grams of sugar. So for a dessert, like I might throw it in her lunch on Fridays, you know, once a week mm-hmm. or once every other week. I don't think that's terrible. I think that's pretty good. And like I said, I doubt she even eats the whole thing. Whenever I give them to her at home, she basically eats half of it. I also, on that same note, Mott's fruit snacks, which I've looked through all the different fruit snacks and that is by far, not by far, but at least by about two grams, the least amount of sugar, even compared to the organic or Annie's version of fruit snacks. So I like that. And I think they're really tasty. Also, Nutrigrain Kids Bites, which it's like basically a Nutrigrain bar chopped up into little bites. Again, I would consider that kind of a dessert with benefits, with whole grains, not too much sugar maybe a little bit of fiber and they're fortified. So so yeah, a lot of my vendor items are basically desserts, but I think that those are kind of fun to throw in your lunches sometimes. And they're just, you know, kids deserve a dessert for lunch. And again, they're mostly desserts with benefits. So they're not just pure sugar other than the fruit by the foot. <laughs> okay. So what about favorite simple like homemade or housemade ideas? Uh, 
turkey and cheese roll-ups or chicken chicken and, and cheese roll-ups, something like that. You can even get a little fancy and try and sneak some lettuce in there. Uh, pesto pasta seems to do really well traveling in, mm. in lunches uh, okay. just because you can serve it room temperature. I mean, it really doesn't require refrigeration. Um, for, I mean, it should be fine. A uh, little ice pack in there. Uh, corn and black beans with like Spanish rice mixed together. I'll throw a little bit of cheese on top, optional. Uh, but my kids will eat that room temperature, cold, any which way. Uh, some type of a pinwheel with like a whole wheat tortilla. You can do like a cream cheese or even mix like half cream cheese, half Greek yogurt together. Um, mixing in vegetables. Um, it could be sun-dried tomatoes, anything like that. And kind of throw some just chopped vegetables in there, uh, meat, cheese, whatever, roll it up, cut it into little uh, like pinwheels. Cold pizza mm-hmm. for the win. Mm, yes. Amen. I packed that for a page today, actually. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it could be homemade or leftover from takeout, delivery, whatever. Um, yep. I think that's a good option. Okay. I agree. I guess that's okay. not a house-made idea, but I make homemade pizza. Well, it's not a vendor. You wouldn't find it in a package, I guess, is what I was thinking. So yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. Okay. So here are some of ours. Peanut butter and jelly is a huge hit. Although one of my tips would be if you're, if you're, I keep wanting to say student, if your child continues to send something back in their lunch, it never hurts to ask them why. I realized that Paige has not been eating her peanut butter and jelly sandwich actually for quite some time now. So I finally just decided to ask her why. I'm not sure why it took me this long. I, I assumed it was the bread. So I, I started to buy softer bread. Uh, I put it on my list for, actually, I'm getting it tomorrow, delivered. But I, I decided to ask her, I was like, so why aren't you eating your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches lately, Paige? She said, I don't like jelly. So she's apparently moved on from jelly, and she wants me to try honey. So I am okay with that. So we're going to give that a whirl. So peanut butter and honey or sun butter and honey. Turkey sandwiches also. Sometimes I'll just give her an open-faced turkey sandwich because she prefers just to eat the turkey anyway. Hummus and veggies. I packed hummus with carrots today, or I'll do hummus with hummus with cucumbers. Any type of wrap, like you said, cut it into pinwheels. That's kind of fun. Mac and cheese. Sometimes I'll make it for dinner, and then I'll send it for her and her lunch the next day. I like to add spinach to it just to kind of add some, you know, a little bit more, you know, nutrition. I also oftentimes pack scrambled eggs, which would be something I would also put in a thermos. Maybe when she gets older and she wants to bring scrambled eggs, if she still thinks it's cool to bring scrambled eggs, we'll see. Uh, So it'll stay hot because now she can put it in the microwave and heat it up. I also like to p- to pack hard-boiled eggs for her, which she really enjoys sometimes. Like, she kind of waxes and wanes as far as her liking for hard- hard-boiled eggs. Hot dogs. I know that sounds weird, but I do like to put hot dogs on a piece of whole, uh, whole wheat bread or a whole wheat bun with a little bit of ketchup on top. I also make her quote unquote lunchables because I think lunchables are a really smart idea, but why why spend the money on lunchables when you can make your own? So I'll buy turkey pepperoni, I'll I'll cut up some cubes of cheese and I'll put in little wheat thin crackers and she's got her own little lunchable. Uh brown rice and peas or corn. Uh, let's see, quinoa salads with feta and raw vegetables are sometimes a hit, sometimes not. But like I said, I like to try new things because she'll at least try it when she's at school. She might not always try it when I'm watching. I can always see that she tries things. I usually like maybe once a week or once a month, we'll throw in something completely random in her lunch just for her to try. Sometimes she likes it. Sometimes she doesn't. Olive cups, those are a big thing now. They sell those little olive cups. I typically will, if I don't actually spend the money on them for two reasons. A, they're a waste of money. Um, and B, it comes way too many in my opinion. So I'll just buy olives, black olives or green olives and put a few in her lunch. Uh, let's see. Leftovers are a huge uh, hit. Like you said, pizza in our house. Chocolate dipped apples, I'll just cut up some apples and dip them in chocolate and put them in the fridge or the freezer so the chocolate hardens and then pack them in their lunch. And then they love sliced kiwi and sliced pear. Yeah, so that's that's our ideas for, for house made. I mean, obviously there are so, so many more ideas, but those are just hopefully a few, a handful of ideas that you as listeners can kind of take home with you. So what about leftovers, Nicole? You have a lot here. What? How do you handle <laughs> leftovers? <laughs> uh, 
Well, we we handle them all right. I yeah, build. <laughs> we eat a lot of them. I just build leftovers into our weekly menu, and so this kind of relates to the tips in just a little bit. So I won't get too ahead of myself, but I just cook less on the weekends because I'm trying to be a bit more present and engaged with my family during the weekend, and not just kind of the whole hustle of getting ready for the next week. Uh, so we'll eat leftovers at least once over the weekend, and I take it daily for lunch. Uh, if we've got it. And Mark will take leftovers one to two days a week, sometimes more. So mm. for example, like leftovers and kind of making lunches easier. And this translates to all of us in the family. So I, if I, let's say I make a shredded pork or shredded chicken in the crock pot, uh, we'll eat tacos one night and then I'll serve it like on rice, beans, corn, kind of like I described for the kids. I'll take that for my lunch, add salsa, cheese, maybe some avocado. And then on another night, maybe a, or for lunch over the weekend, make it into a quesadilla or a taco, taco salad. Um, I can even take that a step further. Like if I make a homemade salsa, like we have tons of tomatoes coming in from our garden right now. I'll grill all those vegetables, throw them in the blender with some cilantro and garlic and jalapeno, and I'll make a big old vat of salsa. <laughs> and then I can make like salsa chicken in the crock pot. So just trying to really be creative about what we already have on hand. Uh, if I grill salmon, which our kids love fish, so I, I feel really good about that. We've always okay. eaten a lot of fish. And so they roll with it. They don't love it as much as they used to, but they will eat it. Um, we'll eat it just like with a squeeze of lemon for dinner and then flaked on top of salads for lunch. Uh, and then for them, I'll throw it into pesto pasta for like dinner or lunch that week. And the kind of same thing with chicken. Like I'll make a, this week I made like a chicken, a grilled chicken with, and made it into a peach caprese. So it was served with like, yeah, like sliced peaches and fresh mozzarella with like basil and a balsamic drizzle. And everybody liked it. Yum. That sounds awesome. So I ate that as leftovers, but for the kids, I served them. I did like a pinwheel with the grilled chicken and Mm -hmm. I did like a cream cheese chive, which they don't know what it is, but um, they're not afraid of the green, I guess. So the little chives they liked, and I just kind of rolled it up and sliced it up and served it to them at, at lunch. Um, and then maybe I would, uh, I'll use the rest of the leftovers this weekend to make like a barbecue chicken pizza on Sunday and then send them with the leftovers of that pizza for lunch on Monday, uh, mm-hmm. or served on top of a sweet potato later in the week. So really just trying to be creative, especially with proteins because they take more time and planning and cooking. And they're also yes. your most expensive ingredient to purchase. So really trying to be sure if you waste anything in your, in your life, don't have it be your proteins. <laughs> yes. Amen. So you took this question a little bit differently. So, and that was totally fine. So when I said, how do you handle leftovers? I'm thinking specifically, (laughs) it's totally fine. I I loved your answer. That was really helpful for me. You cook so much more than I do. So we don't have that many leftovers, but I'm talking specifically, how do you handle leftovers from your kids when they come, like they come back from school? Oh my gosh. So you've got, that was, that was totally fine. So I'll just kind of, (laughs) and maybe, maybe your kids don't have leftovers like my kids do because my kids and I shouldn't say kids. It's specifically, it's Paige. You're I, talking about leftovers from lunch that they bring yes. home. That's because, why you throw yeah. them away. I'm like, really, Gina? You just throw away food? <laughs> no, I would totally throw away whatever they brought home from school. Okay. I so don't know where that's been. Well, so last year when Paige was in preschool, her lunchbox stayed in the fridge all day long. This year, uh, it's different. It's basically in the fridge until they eat, and then afterwards, it's left out. So I can't. I have to throw the leftovers away. But if your kid goes to school where it's refrigerated, even after they eat it, then I say if there's enough leftovers to have them continue eating it, then what I used to do last year was I would open up her lunchbox and kind of put it out as a pre-dinner snack. It wasn't that much leftover. I mean, it might might be a couple carrots and a couple couple crackers or a piece of cheese and a half of a a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I mean, maybe I would eat half the peanut butter and jelly sandwich sometimes because I love PBJ. And then maybe Cameron would have a couple bites because he loves it too. You know, sometimes I feel like a little a little pre-dinner snack actually gets their appetite going. So that's typically what I do with leftovers. But this year it's totally different. I can't do anything. I have to toss it. So but I think it's I think it's also telling if you if your kid is always coming back with leftovers, maybe you should start packing a little mm-hmm. bit less. I know when I first started packing lunches for Paige, I think I was I know I was overpacking for her and she was always coming back with so many leftovers. I forget how little time they have to eat. And Paige is a very slow eater. So I just, it it was just a sign for me that I had to just kind of cut back on the food. And, and since doing that, she still comes, you know, home with leftovers, but just enough for us to kind of nibble on before, before dinner. 
So mm-hmm. I don't like I don't like any food to go to waste. I very I try very hard to when the leftovers that you were talking about, we will keep leftovers. I mean, like I said to you in previous episodes, I usually only cook a big meal on like Saturdays and Sundays, and then we eat the leftovers from that meal, you know, reconstituted somehow in our meals throughout the rest of the week. I'm a big leftover person. Okay, so I don't pack lunches for myself. Actually, no, we'll skip this one. We'll, we'll skip this one. Yeah, I well, feel like you already quick... answered it in the last question, though. Okay. Yeah, I think so, too. I was going to say, what do you pack in your lunch? But I think you've already answered that as well. Just like, or just some ideas for mm-hmm. how to build healthier lunches for adults. And I think you did, too. So, okay, let's end this episode with our overall. Okay, so when I first wrote this question, I said overall one to two best tips. But as I started answering it, I <laughs> created about five, so I changed it. What are our overall four to five best tips? Uh, And I'll go ahead and start with this one. Uh, So like I've kind of said, I think it's always a good idea to actually talk to your kids and ask them what they want. I like to ask Paige what other kids bring that she wants to have in her lunch because I think that's – it's a perfect opportunity to see ideas just by her looking at her friends' lunches versus me as mom going on to Pinterest or whatever and looking at ideas there and getting completely overwhelmed and feeling inept, basically. So I ask her what she sees in her other kids' lunches and what she wants me to pack. I also think it's a good idea to bring them with you to the store. Maybe once a month, I'll bring her with me to the grocery store and we'll just peruse the aisles and she'll pick out some things for her lunch, which I really enjoy doing. Uh, Used pack lunches as an opportunity to introduce new foods, like I've said, especially new fruits and vegetables. I remember one time I packed Brussels sprouts (laughs) thinking... I wonder if when she opens this, this is really going to smell. It probably did, but it came back completely empty, and I was really excited about that. This was a long time ago, like before she really, really experienced Brussels sprouts, but I think I packed them in her lunch as a leftover from maybe the night before, uh, thinking that there's no way she'd eat them, but I'll try, and she did. Uh, let's see. Okay. And two more things. One is to pack in bulk. So go on our website, click on the link to those stackables that I have on our Amazon store and buy them because you can pack, I'm telling you three to four lunches and you don't even have to completely pack them. Sometimes I'll just like halfway pack them and then maybe top them off in the morning before school, but they're there. They're, you know, 80% ready for about three to four days. So I love that. So pack ahead. Don't just, you know, rush to pack in the morning or pack every single night. Just choose one day, find, you know, 30 minutes and pack some lunches. And then lastly, I will say don't overpack or overcomplicate. I've already said don't overpack, but don't overcomplicate. Like I said, don't go on to Pinterest and and start getting overwhelmed by all the things that you see and all the pretty, you know, little containers and perfectly cut fruit that you're going to see on there. I really think it's best not to overcomplicate. They're not going to care. They just want good food and they want to not feel hungry. So I learned that pretty fast that just make it simple. It, it just needs to be an easy process and you know, use it, use it to your advantage to kind of increase their nutrition and enjoy it. And now I know your tip has to do with getting kids to help you with that. And I cannot wait to hear what you're doing and how you're doing that, because I can't even imagine having Paige help me pack lunches. (laughs) Well, because I'm so, this is my, I think my ADD a little bit is I just, she just, takes her time doing things and just goes so slow. And I'm always like, okay, let's go. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear how that's working for you. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll start at the beginning because I don't want to miss anything. Yep. Uh, I think one is plan. Like don't just wing it, go to the store and hope that, you know, stuff to pack in lunches is just going to fall from the air. So come, mm-hmm. go with a plan, record it somewhere, write it down, make a grocery list, all that good stuff. Uh, delegate. Yep. Have your kids help. I and I'll say our nanny has been pretty huge with this. I um I've said I don't fully drink the Montessori Kool-Aid, uh, but <laughs> one of the f- big philosophies of Montessori is that your children are perfectly capable human beings. They just happen to be in smaller bodies for the time being. And so there's really no uh task that is that 
a child can't do, or, you know, mm-hmm. within reason, of course. So I've noticed uh, when she's like bringing them home from school, they are carrying their own backpacks, carrying their own lunches. They have to bring their lunches to the kitchen, unpack, put everything by the dishwasher for it to be loaded. And then it's a conversation about what are we packing for the next day? And it's become like routine. It's so interesting. That's awesome. So at two, at almost three and almost five, we're in this routine and I I cannot take credit for it, but it's, it's a pretty beautiful thing. And so then they both pull over a chair or a stool and start making uh, their sun butter and jelly. So that is, that is their, that is their job. It is not so pretty. Often we'll put a glob of, um, like the jelly and then the sun butter on each half of the sandwich thin and then give like a plastic knife that they can spread it around and it is messy. Um, but they are getting better at it. So that's, that is good. Um, but yeah, delegate, have them not only help, but help them choose. Um, so Uh maybe not a free for all. What do you want your lunch tomorrow? But would you like to have a peach or would you like to have a plum? Uh, you know, those are both foods that they like, let's say, and then they are having a choice in what's, what's going into their lunchbox or bag or whatever it is. Um, I think having a routine. So for me, Sundays is my meal prep day. So, and I don't do anything too major, but, um, maybe it's slicing up some cucumbers, uh, um, putting like pickles in a little, because pickles are kind of hard to pack, like putting pickles in like a little snack size baggie, but just kind of getting ready for the week. Um, and then kind of contrast to offering some variety is also don't assume that kids aren't okay with the same things daily. Yeah. I would agree with that a hundred percent. Cause I think sometimes I got in this, I, I was for a while, like, don't you guys want something other than a PB and J or sun butter and jelly sandwich? I, I just, I was almost like hounding them and they were like, no, that's what I want to the point where that's what they were re- requesting on the weekends even. So <laughs> even if lunches kind of stay the same, look at that as an opportunity to really be able to experiment more with other meals in the day. So that may yeah, not be a bad like thing that, that may be like that is, I mean, if you can get some whole wheat bread, you've got some good fats coming in. Um, yep. A little bit of sugar from the jelly, whatever, but that's something balanced and kid friendly. So if that's what they like, don't overthink it. Right. I would, I would agree a hundred percent. I mean, I'm a creature of habit as well, so it's not mm-hmm. that strange that they'd want, you know, at least somewhat the same thing in their lunch every day. I agree with you. Okay. Mom wins and favorite new products or recipes. Okay. So have you tried the Nature Valley wafer bars yet? They come in like chocolate and then a peanut butter variety. No. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I put a link in the show notes. I don't have it written out here, but I want to say that there are only eight grams of sugar, five grams of protein, and three grams of fiber. They're made by Nature Valley. They're long, they're thin, they're crispy, they're wafers. They're sort of like wafers with layers of either chocolate or peanut butter. I wish they made a combination one, but I don't think that they do yet. Oh, they are so good. I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying before. I would almost consider them a dessert with benefits because it's not really, I mean, it's a fine snack, but it's, it's, it tastes like a dessert. It's decadent. Mm. So good. Yeah. I also made this dinner the other day, angel hair pasta with olive oil, Parmesan, and olives. And I even put a little bit of of tuna in it. Mm. And it was a huge hit. So good. I mean, I, it was the simplest dinner. I, I put capers in mine, actually, instead of olives. But I put yeah. olives in Paige. It was delicious. So That is cooking, those, Gina. That is cooking. I, well, it's very rare that I do that during the week. Very rare. <laughs> Although today I made nachos. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. We had we had something similar for dinner. I made like a Did you? taco bowl. Oh, oh too so funny. Um, so I want to take back my mom win, I think, from last episode. Okay. Because okay. I hadn't looked at the I nutrition label. Was. I think I talked about the macadamia nut white chocolate cliff bars. Oh, oh yeah. And you want to talk about <laughs> dessert with benefits? I looked at the macros on it and I'm not talking about like macro counting, but I just looked at kind of the carbs, uh-huh. protein, Isn't fat, there 21 fiber. grams of sugar in those? Uh, the number one ingredient is sugar. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I was thinking that as you were saying it, but I didn't want to, you know, obviously everything fits into a healthy diet, but 
<laughs> so they're my new like donut in the morning. You know, the dietitian that you were talking about that eats a donut yeah, every morning. Exactly. That's me with my Cliff Bar. They're so freaking good. No wonder the number one ingredient is sugar. Yeah. Well, they're made for athletes or people who are climbing mountains. I mean, that's why they're called Cliff Bars. They're made for people who are out hiking in trails and, you know. Not people that have all- less than 4,000 steps at 833 <laughs> exactly. at night. <laughs> exactly. Dang you it. it, Nicole. <laughs> so so I, I'm taking back my mom win from last last episode. <laughs> okay. You they have to make- correct me on things like that because, man. No. Oh. I bet- if you were to tell me I eat one of these every day for my healthy, you know, healthy breakfast, I I maybe would say something. But they're so good. I want healthy, to eat one every day for breakfast. I know. It's just not, you know, there are better things out there. But every once in a while, a Cliff Bar, I love Cliff Bars. Okay, they here's my way. into a healthy diet. I, I believe. keep them in my purse now. And then when I am running errands or just I'm having mm-hmm. one of those days, which actually happens to be today, where I'm just hangry all uh-huh. day and I cannot seem to get enough and I know I'm going to make a bad choice. Um, or, okay, that sounds bad, but like not so healthy of a choice. Like I'm going to swing mm-hmm. in for ice cream mm-hmm. at 6 p.m. or something. Um, mm-hmm. I can have like half of one of those. And to me, that's super satisfying. Yeah. Half of one, maybe paired with a glass of milk or something for for extra protein. And then eat the other half later. I, I feel like it needs to be split into two. They mm-hmm. also come in mini versions, which you might want to check out. Yeah. So, okay. Awesome. All right. So moving on, coming up on September 8th, we're going to be dishing about meal planning. Basically, Nicole is going to take over that entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what are our strategies for meal planning with a full-time job and for planning meals that everyone will eat? Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitians Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. Also, please tell your friends about us. We would really appreciate that. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. And you don't even have to write anything out. You can simply click on the stars, preferably five, but do whatever you want. Um, it literally takes seconds. So, all right. Until next time, everyone, be well. And Nicole, we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, Gina. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.